You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Sydney. I am Vinolia. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I'm your host. We are back with another episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today I'm joined by three leaders from the Australian tech industry. Our topic for today is building strong multidisciplinary teams. Let's kick things off by meeting today's panel. Fabian, would you like to kick us off? Thanks, Vinolia. This is Fabian Buske. I'm the head of data and analytics, machine learning and AI at the Australian Institute of Company Directors. I'm looking after our data needs here at the ASCD and I make sure that everyone can leverage insights to optimally support our members in succeeding in their role as company directors. My background is data science, and I'm quite a bit of a tech geek. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to an interesting discussion. Awesome. Thank you so much, Fabian. Um, Hass, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, thanks, Manolia. Um, my name is Hass. I'm the director of data at Deputy, um, helping with all things rostering, shift work, etc. cetera. Um, it's, a, it's a place that hits really close to home for me, um, having grown up. Uh, having done shift work, having uh, friends do shift work. So being uh, passionate about just helping in any way I can with data um, and the team that I'm building here. Thank you. Um, Would you like to close the introductions, Michelle? Sure. Um, Thanks, Manolia, for having having me. Uh, I'm Vishal. I am the head of uh, product uh, data and Innovation at Prospection, um, which is an Australian healthcare analytics product company. Uh, I primarily work with uh, the product uh, engineering and analytics teams to create the next generation of products uh, for, for Prospection, uh, especially as we scale across the globe. Uh, my passion re- really being, uh, is really being tied to Prospection's vision, and that's that's what brought me to the company, which is uh, using data and technology to to get patients on the right treatments at the right time. So so a lot of what we do is anchored around that vision and and really being applying uh, being able to apply data in for that is is what keeps me uh, going. Just on 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 that, Vishal, maybe I'll extend your um, introduction. Um, you and I had a little bit of a discussion about this. Um, do you want to tell everybody else what you've done, like, or what you do in your spare time, what you like, you know, what you, <laughs> what you enjoy doing? All right. All right. So I was, I was uh, um, uh, quite intrigued when, uh, quite surprised when, when Vindoli asked me about this question of uh, me doing these uh, ma- marathon or, or doing these crazy multi-day hikes uh, across, and and she she asked me why I did that, and uh, um, I my response was, and this is something that I've kind of come to appreciate in the last couple of years, having again worked in this company and working with uh, patients is, uh, this, so I do a few of these uh, physically strenuous uh, and challenging activities, mainly to bring about awareness on, uh, particularly when it comes to certain rare indications or. Uh, when I kind of work closely with some of the more, um, uh, you know, bigger organizations like Cancer Care Australia, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, raising raising money, but also kind of raising awareness about uh, some of these indications uh, through through uh, these activities is, is what I do when I'm not 
uh, using data. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think that's just great. Um, so thank you guys, you know, for joining me today. Now we are going to jump into our first question. And I know, Vishal, you mentioned that, you know, this is something that you are sort of like passionate about and you've wanted to sort of like discuss with, um, you know, other people. Do you want to, you know, let us into your question and um, just sort of like give us your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And uh, um, based on some of the initial conversations, we we, we talked about building interdisciplinary teams and uh, you know just so happened that a couple uh, both uh, you Fabian and has seem to be quite passionate about that as well so I think that's how we all got together and um, so so be, so one of question that I had and I kind of wanted to discuss this with the group as well is having been through a few different organizations uh, who were at different maturity levels uh, and and different stages of their own growth and journey uh, the need and importance of creating interdisciplinary teams seem to be uh, more grave in certain organizations, seems to be more grave in certain organizations. And, and some, sometimes it's the need is not as acute, right? And I think that's that kind of dwells with the question of why do we really need interdisciplinary teams? What are the scenarios? Do we need that everywhere? Do we need that in certain specific scenarios more than the others? Um, and how do we find the right disciplines to really bring together. So that's really my question uh, on the why. And I thought, uh, you know, great to be kind of hearing from everyone in the in the panel as well. Okay, what are your thoughts on that, Hus? So uh, for me, uh, it's been a tried and tested process. Um, a lot of uh, the growth that we got at Inchcape, we scaled from about three people to 118 in the data team. And a lot of our successful growth came through matching up uh, data professionals with product managers. So when we were thinking about data as a concept, we were actually thinking in data product terms. So what that means is you're not trying to do ad hoc reporting and mm -hmm. trying to chase your tail. Um, you, what you're actually trying to build is a product that's going to serve the business. So you're thinking about a problem that you're trying to solve and then you have product managers that actually play the side of the business. So although you're part of the same team, you've actually got someone challenging everything you build, pushing you and actually working for your customer, which in this case was our internal stakeholders. The products that we started putting out were wildly successful um, and they were like testament to the sort of growth we got. So the way we approached it is we would try and take a market, build a product for them, uh, make sure it works, make sure it's successful, and then try and roll that out for the 200 plus companies that Inchcape used to run. That's something that I'm trying to bring about um, at Deputy as well. But like you mentioned, Vishal, it's, it's a different uh, beast in every company. So over here, we're obviously a lot younger. We're closer to where Inchcape was five years before we got to the sort of growth we got to. Um, so yeah, so, uh, we're currently just working through getting the basics right at deputy getting like deputy is very rich in data. We capture a lot of it being a SaaS company. There's no shortage of, uh, data and, 
uh, the challenges aren't really in accessing the data. The challenge is making sense of it. Um, slightly different to the early challenges we had at Inchcape. Eventually we got to here where it was, the challenge was, well, what do we do with all this data? Um, and how do we present it successfully? So we're on that journey at the moment, still very early, but uh, I guess this is the part that I enjoy the most. This is what um, I'm looking for is like, where I think I can add the most value is this early stage. Oh, that's good. Cause I mean, you've, you've done it before, so. I'm sure you'll do it again with um, Deputy. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I, I think uh, the business case sells itself once you've got your data to a point where you're ready to actually build those products. So currently we've got a lot of engineering work ahead of us. Um, we need to perfect our data model. We need to get our dimensionality right. Um, once we've got that, once we've got the uh, business in place, the future is all about what products can we build? Um, how do we get uh, machine learning AI incorporated? When we start taking those challenges on, that's where uh, the disciplines of a product manager really come in handy. Because you really want someone challenging everything you're building and working closely with you. Oh, wow, well, yeah. Thanks for that, uh, Haas. Um, Fabian, how do you sort of like tackle this um, at AICD? Yeah, let, let me kind of take a step back first. So for when I look at um, multidisciplinary teams, it's, it's all about productivity. And if you go back in history, like humans, we have excelled at adapting to the environment. Like we are the dominant species at, on the planet. And then that came about through the division of labor and, and specialization into the various trades and professions. And so specializing provides the individual with more yield usually. Uh, but they also have the need to trade surplus for the things they lack. So and, and I think that carries forward all the way into to, uh, the present. So specialists uh, are usually made up multidisciplinary teams. So that's why I kind of, I guess, jump there. Uh, they are really, really good at a thing. And they will do that thing to a very high standard or in a really short amount of time. So combining a group of specialists should just deliver the best outcome in the in the shortest amount of time. And today's competitive nature means organizations have to maximize productivity to stay in business. It's not an option not to have specialists. Everybody is kind of going through university and, and really honing their skills. So in principle, if you have the right specialist and if everybody is aligned as to what they want to achieve, and if the communication is excellent, then you can reap the benefits of, of high productivity through these teams. Yeah. Now, how do you how do you identify what disciplines you what might need? So, well, multidisciplinary multidisciplinary teams are a diverse group of professionals. Uh, they they are aiming to achieve a common goal, and and really based on what you try to achieve, you need different experts. Um, so, in whole patient care, you would need various levels of doctors uh, that specialize and nurses and whatnot. Uh, in in a in a kind of setting such as AICD. There's various functions that we have. Uh, we have educational uh, departments, we have membership departments. They all kind of uh, work towards a different, uh, well, they specialize in something, we work towards a common goal. Uh, it comes back to our uh, experience, um, the analysis of the tasks involved and, and the outcome that you're looking for. 
And at AICD, we are doing a, a digital transformation you know, on our way to yeah. change the way, way we work, uh, embracing agile uh, means of operating and squads. And there, really, the teams are built up very much from similar to what Cass was saying, um, product managers, developers, uh, QA, and data, um, uh, my data analysts are kind of associated with these squads as well, so that the squad is as autonomous as possible to to deliver on the goal um, that they are aiming for. So that's how kind of I I look at the at, at the benefits of of these sorts of teams. That's awesome. A, that's good point, uh, Vishal. I think maybe you wanted to add something. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is quite uh, interesting, and thanks for that. Um, one of the, one of the things that I was uh, also reading about uh, a while back and thought it might be interesting as well is, is, you know, really the difference between multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary teams, essentially, uh, and 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 the and the former we are trying to solve a defined problem, uh, a defined problem, which you know. You know, it's a bit like I take my car to the mechanic. I know there's a problem. The mechanic has the right set of skills to kind of figure out what the problem is. So we know the problem. The problem is defined, and that's when you. But you need different set of skills. So that's a multidisciplinary team coming together, and then the interdisciplinary one, which is quite interesting, especially in health tech, coming from health tech, which is how do you really create, you know, create newer frameworks by bringing together multiple disciplines like design or, or data or, and engineering, et cetera. And I think one of, one of so I kind of really uh, found some of your analogies very interesting and I agree, uh, a lot of efficiency, but also in some scenarios, depending on the stage of the company and, and, the, in the, and the space you're playing in, the need for really, to re create really strong interdisciplinary teams as well, because clearly there has to be a new approach to solving problems, to solve problems that are, you know, uh, more future oriented. So yeah, uh, thank you for that. That was that was very helpful. That's really good because that now brings us to uh, your question, Fabian, which sort of like you know gels into what you guys have just um, discussed. Um, do you wanna give us like a bit of insight on that and like what sort of like the reasons why you thought about that question or how it came about? You know that we have kind of established as to why it is beneficial to have such a team with uh, a, a wide range of specialists. Well, the next question is how do we get them to work really well together? How can they harm? Uh, and depending on how the team is operating, uh, they might switch between different modes of operations. So there might yep. be a discovery cycle, there might be a delivery cycle, uh, and there might be very different team members involved in various aspects. So I'm kind of curious to learn what everybody thinks about how do you get the team to actually be a team? Before we jump into everybody's um, you know, opinions or what their thoughts, what, what sort of um inspired that question is there something that you you know want to get out um what was your thoughts or your you know what was the thought process behind the, the question um a couple of things uh, back in the days when i was uh, <clears throat> in academia i worked i was uh, lucky enough to work in a in a in a research lab around um focused on cancer mm -hmm. and uh we had what was called a dry lab and a wet lab. 
So vet lab is really where somebody goes in and does a lot of preparations on cell cultures and whatnot. Uh, and then the dry lab is when you get the data potentially out of big sequencing machines. So it's non-trivial amounts of data and you need to really crunch through that to find the signals. Uh, that's the special thing about nature is you don't get to ask questions. You just can observe. <laughs> you can't really put yourself into the mind of a cell or an organism as such. So uh, in that setting, um, there was a clear kind of benefit uh, of working in a team between wet lab and dry lab scientists, so to speak, because, well, on their own, they would only go so far. Uh, but together, it's where one plus one is more than two. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but there's also kind of different times involved um, as to when certain things happen. And uh, yeah, so that, that that inspired the question. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Vishal, do you wanna let us know what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, I think that's um, that's the magic question and the magic answer right once you know that that's that's like that's really the key so i can i'll try to give a shot at, at what i what has worked for for us um um at prospection and also from other organizations so one of the things that uh we talk about is a team size right so i think a team size typically cannot be a, a, a such a big size that it uh people don't know each other and and and, and you know that 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 really helps especially with interdisciplinary teams because is already starting from a place where each one has a slightly different view of looking at the world. So, so and 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 having more than and having a significant number just kind of increases the degrees of separation between them. So, I, so that's team size is, is a big part. The other thing that we often talk about within the teams is: do we really, as a group, understand what each person brings to the table, and do we really acknowledge? And and I remember the first time we asked this question, it was like, oh. One person's a product manager, so you bring product skills. No, no, no. That, what is what is what do you mean by product skills, right? What what is that? I think being able for each team member to internalize and understand which what skills really are. I think that acknowledgement and understanding is is uh, super key as well. And I think then that gives a strong sense of realization as to which group then works, um, which group leads when follows. Uh, in a certain stage, but in the another stage, the, the a different group has to lead and a different group uh, has to has to potentially follow, depending on on how the problem is and and what the problem really demands. So I think that's that's one thing which is a very strong sense of camaraderie and appreciation and understanding of each other's skills, and and therefore the acknowledgement, given the task at hand, you know how do we how do we kind of uh, lead and follow uh, at the same time and, and, and operate as a team. I think this is this is one of the analogies that we keep talking about, which is the Navy SEAL uh, approach. The, you know, different people uh, in, in a Navy SEAL, you have five or six people, uh, soldiers work walking together, acting like a single organism, but each having different skills, right? One's a sniper, yes. one's this. And, and, and depending on the situation, everyone takes center stage and the rest just follows. So I think you, you share the consciousness but kind of have your own fields to play in so yeah i think that's that's how it's worked um so far fabian um but yeah there's it's, it's there's definitely not one right answer i guess it really depends on the team that and the, and the personalities and the individuals that we really have in the group as well oh interesting points there what, what are your thoughts um has 
Yeah, I, I kind of think it, it goes back to having a really clear, well-defined roadmap, right? So when we break out uh, what we expect from a data team and what we expect them to deliver, there are always phases of discovery and there are phases of delivery. And naturally what uh, I found, especially as like having led different teams, is people will gravitate towards one or the other. So there are people that are absolutely excellent at discovering data. Like they will go in, they will find that data, they will engineer that data, and they're just the best at it. And then there are people that are excellent at telling that story. So you've got individuals that can take that bit of data and really dig deep and tell you exactly what that means and what an impact it's gonna have on you. Um, so I kind of think that if you're at a point, again, it goes back to what I think Vishal's been touching on, or Fabian have been touching on, is like team, uh, the place the team is in is the most important, right? So clearly if, you're, if you've got a team that's like figured it all out, you're gonna have different skills that you need. And then as you're figuring it out, you're gonna need different skills. But eventually every data team grows to a point where you're gonna need both. So you're gonna need that discovery and you're gonna need that delivery. Um, and that's where you really need to be clear as a leader where you're headed and at what points you're gonna deliver what. It also gets rid of that sort of firefighting that happens in a lot of data teams. So where things come out of the blue. Um, when you have a clearly clear roadmap, you can actually say, okay, to go put this fire out, this is what you're giving up. And are you comfortable with that? Um, yeah, so uh, for me, it's, I, think, I think we're all gonna go back to this. It's like, it really just depends. It depends on the problem we're trying to solve and the stage your data team is at. Okay. Um, great points that everybody has brought forward there. And I guess um, um, has that sort of like leads to your question, which is more specialized around um, data teams. Do you want to um, unpack the question for us? Yeah, 100%. So uh, I think what I love asking, um, I guess, other data leaders is as you're building that team, um, especially like a data team that's multidiscipline, you've got business analysts and product managers and all of that. How do we ensure that what we're delivering actually makes commercial sense? So how do we ensure that the team we're building actually understand why they're important? Because um, one of the things that um, has happened to me and other leaders that I've spoken to is at some point, uh, the data teams become really technical and don't really understand the why of what they're delivering. So it's more than having the best report. It's about having the impact with that report. So how do you guys face that challenge? Um, I know building a multidiscipline team is one part of it. Are there any other things that have really helped you sort of solve for that impact conversation? You wanna jump in, Fabian? Yeah, yes, thanks. Um, so I think that uh, commercial aspect really comes down to leadership and um, the operating model. So you can follow a leader in kind of a sit literal sense and as in walking behind somebody, or you can do it in a more figurative way and you, you're seeing the flag on the hill and you're progressing towards that goal. And uh, it's basically follow the man rather than follow the idea. And 
it comes down to how the goals are framed. Um, and I prefer personally outcome over uh, output. So which means you have to understand the why rather than the what. And um, what I also saw in the past is providing problems rather than solutions to teams to tackle. That again comes back to leadership, framing the challenge and then having confidence and enabling autonomy within the teams uh, that then sparks questions, ideas and dialogue. And what really helps is uh, when we bring back to data teams, uh, maybe a data analyst might sit with a colleague from a service center um, and listen in on phone calls to really understand the source of a problem. Uh, so it's really firsthand information, so to speak, to kind of uh, help you uh, align your mindset. However, that also needs some guardrails um, to be covered with, uh, essentially accountability. So you want to measure the impact and you want to review the outcomes uh, and provide line of sight to everybody's contribution. So good pro uh, a good framework that I think works relatively well um, is, is the objective key results, OKRs, because it gives that alignment as what you want to achieve as an organization in general, and it's a motivating factor as well gives you a common language to talk towards and, uh, and uh, you measure outcomes ideally. Uh, and you can put these on your on your CV and that's a very strong statement as well. So there's actually motivation uh, there for, for every employee and staff. But uh, and I've touched on this before, I like to embed data experts along the value chain uh, and associate them, associate them within squads that deliver something very much in the product or joint departments but also ensure that they kind of have peers to socialize with, uh, such as community of practice and, and agile or the likes. So it's, <clears throat> I think it's it's important to not just be given tasks, but again, to understand the why. And for that, you have to be enabled to ask questions and to observe and to come up with ideas, but also be held responsible not to just develop a machine learning model that then somebody else needs to productionize. Uh, so it comes a little bit back also to how how um, specialized somebody is and how gen generalized uh, and collaborative they, they are. So there's this concept of T-shaped individuals uh, where you have like a data engineer and that data engineer might also be understanding <clears throat> analytics to some extent. So they know how the data will be used that they are putting together on the track by analysts and vice versa. And a data analyst might understand uh, how data engineering principles are applied. And if they're creating their um, analytics work, they might already have a mindset of how to take this new work and maybe put it in the data domain that extends or the existing uh, models uh, that the organization has. So it's it kind of comes back to I have made very good experience, let's put it this way, with, with these sorts of T-shaped skills uh, people, I think they're called. <laughs> Do you find that you can find individuals with those T-shaped skills? And how often does that happen? Um, rarely. I think there's a lot of development involved there. Uh, so you usually get somebody who has a good understanding in one field. Um, but it comes back to how you set up your team. And again, like in, in my uh, past organizations, I made sure that there's a very strong connection between engineering, um, analytics and architecture as well. So there is this kind of cross collaboration and everybody understands who's 
kind of contribution, what's the contribution of somebody specifically, and they'll use that as a consequence. Um, but uh, enabling democratization of data goes also towards, again, enabling analysts, for example, to write their own pipelines in a kind of production-wise setting. And a common enabler or platform might just be SQL. That's uh, very powerful uh, in, the, in the data space. So uh, that then takes away some um, bottlenecks that might form otherwise, uh, and, and the team can run much, much faster uh, if, if a particular expert might be otherwise busy with a very important task also. So it provides this um, a gratification if you then suddenly kind of go in and do a little bit of a BAU work or a work that usually is not necessarily part of your and core role, uh, but you know now, hey, you understand how this works and and have that appreciation as well. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that makes sense. It's, I think for me, uh, the experience I've had is individuals like that are rare, like you said. And when you get one, it really stands out. Whereas like, you know, when someone is, uh, can cut across multi-disciplines and understands end-to-end -end. and uh, it, it kind of leaves you wishing everyone was the same. It's like, wow, you, you really get it. You get the big picture. And it, it's funny that uh, you, I think you touched on this, Fabian, it's like cross-collaboration can definitely achieve that and you can, you can get it from like the analyst or the engineer. So every now and again, you get an engineer that's just fantastic, definitely gets it. And then you'd, you'd get an analyst that understands all the complexity in engineering, has that empathy towards your engineers. Um, but yeah, it's it's just hard. It's hard to like get that person. So I'm like, if, if there's a way you can foster that or create that, um, yeah, that's that's the key, right? That's an interesting uh, conversation and, and uh, something that we've kind of talked about quite extensively. And let me share this and and, and, and and be very keen to learn about your thoughts on that, right? So the whole concept of T individuals, um, how big is the horizontal line uh, is often the question, right? How, 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 how much can you stretch that? And I think one of the things that we talk about quite a bit, especially within the team and the group is, I think while building a lot of T shaped people uh, people basically what they're trying to do is bring the organization and the teams closer because they're really connecting things from one end of the spectrum to another one thing that i that uh, that i've personally felt works is i don't think we'll ever find a pure t we'll find someone with one functional depth in area but we may find one area in which they can extend beyond that right? one or two areas and that's how it that's how I think practically it works. And I think I'm starting to kind of make peace with that. And I agree that that is how it is going to be. And I think what we need to do is, is then find the other one who's going to connect to that other extending pieces, right? And then, but the, but the point is everyone should have more than one dimension because then what you do is you kind of at least have an appreciation for people who can do two or more things and the intent to really collaborate after that, right? Rather than having one person who who's, who's got a really massive horizontal line. And the analogy we give is, is like a, a chain. You know, you have these uh, individual rings 
right? And some uh, for for the entire chain to connect, each ring has to connect with the next subsequent ring. So, so one thing that I feel is again with en- there's some people in some product people who who connect with engineering better than some other product people. Those other product people will connect with sales better than uh, some of the other product people who connect with engineering better, for instance, right? But but you're always creating hooks and, and it's important that everyone has that connection. When I say product, I mean product and data in a general sense because our, our things are there. So I think that's, that's one thing, again, coming back, which I felt works. But yeah, finding that, finding the T's are not definitely uh, something that I've had much luck with as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's such a good point, Vishal. Like uh, using someone else's like one core strength, um, and then using someone else that might not be as strong. Um, I think Fabian, you touched on this as well. Is like getting that team built. Um, yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more. It's like just because someone is a product manager doesn't mean they're going to be necessarily successful at talking to engineering. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely brought back some memories. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it has to be in like a very wide um, T kind of horizontal bar there. Uh, as long as there's something, something. Uh, as long as it's not an I, I guess, uh, that locks you in really in, in a particular role, although you might be really good at that. You have to be kind of acknowledging that as you choose to develop a skill, you're not developing another one, right? So um, so if you're having like 10 different skills where you're trying to become really fluent in, or at least uh, reasonably well uh, competent, then that takes away from your main skill uh, and actually might t- take away from from your negotiating power. Um, after all, we are all kind of working um, for uh, to sustain our families and the likes. So it's, it's kind of important to keep that in mind. But if there's just a little bit available, available left and right of the of the eye, so to speak, um, then that provides a, a very nice side effect. And uh, the team is much more resilient if somebody actually goes on leave or the likes. And, and you can cover that and projects are not just grinding to a hold as well. Yeah, I, I kind of think the future for data is knowing more than just data. Absolutely. I think you really have to understand wider context of the business. Um, it's it's great that there's specialization within it, but I think as I'm building out the teams, uh, that's one thing I'm very conscious of. It's like, I want to give you more skills than just data skills. I want you to understand wider context. Um, so it, it's really sort of, validating to hear you guys share that so yeah absolutely we have this uh, we have this uh, uh, one of my um, ex colleagues would often say uh, it's not about entities it's about interactions right and 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 it's uh, 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 so individually we there can be all functional experts but when the interactions happen that's when the Magic happens, so I agree. And and on on, on your point, Hus, of uh, the commercial lens, absolutely. I think that is such a uh, and it's quite difficult as well because uh, you know data people take great pride in solving complex data problems. Right? <laughs> and I think uh, <laughs> and that that's what excites them and that's what makes them feel intellectually uh, you know satisfied as well. But I really like Fabian your point, which is. It's it's you know anchoring them culturally from a mindset perspective on outcomes rather than outputs, and I think that that is uh, 
uh, key with, because creating of analytics without really consuming of analytics means means nothing really. So I think that's a an amazing uh, thought there. Yeah. Oh, great points you guys have uh, brought forward there, and I'm glad I could you know put you guys together. Hopefully, we've all picked up a few things from each other. They say every day is a school day. So I hope, you know, we've all learned um, something from each other. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to discuss before we sign off? No, this has been really fascinating. Thank you, Vinolia, for like putting us in touch. Yeah, this is definitely uh, a group I'd love to stay in touch with. Like, yeah, you guys are really thinking at the next level. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Vinod, for having us. I'll definitely, uh, I think a few LinkedIn invites are on their way already. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we should catch up. That should have happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks Vinolia. That, that's, uh, thanks also for a great topic that you picked there. <clears throat> Much appreciated. I'm not the brains behind the topic, but I'd like to take credit for it. That was actually <laughs> Vishal. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for, um, you know, taking time out of your busy schedules to, to join me um, on this. And um, thank you all for your contributions. And basically, I'd like to say, you know, from my great panel, uh, Vishal, Hass, and yourself, Fabian. It's been a great pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll see you next time on the next installment of the Evolution Podcast, Exchange Podcast. Uh, my name is Vinolia, signing off. <laughs>